Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone. Thanks so very much for tuning in. I'm so honored that you'd be with us today. What a blessing. Hey, my co-host, co-pastor Josh, is with us as well. And we both want to say thank you for joining our radio program or our podcast, however you may be listening and joining with us. Let me remind you that you can connect with us at AntiochBristol.com. That's our website, A-N-T-I-O-C-H, Bristol.com. And it tells you how to get in touch with us. You can find our email, pastor, at AntiochBristol.com. Also, all the avenues of listening to our radio broadcast, podcast, uh, seeing and viewing our services here at Antioch Baptist Church. Of course, this radio program originates and is sponsored by Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. The church is located right there at exit 7 off Interstate 81, next door to the Days Inn Motel, the Bojangles Restaurant right there at us, and we're right adjacent to the interstate. So those in our region, we'd love to have you come and visit with us. Of course, you can view our services. Uh, we broadcast live stream video every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. It's on YouTube as well as our Facebook page, so you can connect with us that way and certainly through the audio opportunities that we have. And all of this info is on our website, AntiochBristol.com. Our co-pastor, co-host will mention more about that when he comes in just a few minutes. Well, a lot of interesting things when we see today's world intersecting with God's Word. Recent report shows that 21 million people, actually over 21 million people in America, stopped reading their Bibles during COVID-19. Yes, I said stopped, not started reading their Bibles, but stopped reading their Bibles in COVID-19. I'm amazed at this number. Also, the American Bible Society, uh, they produced poll literally and gave an accurate account that only 39% of Americans read their Bible at all, 39%. Now, that is, that's fallen greatly from the 50%. On the average for years and years, around 50 to 52% of, of folks read their Bibles here in America. And when they use the term read their Bibles, it means two or three times a year, two or three times a year, they will read their Bible or look at it outside of a church sitting. Okay, now this doesn't include church time. But outside of a church sitting, the way this poll was taken, two or three times a year, they would look at their Bible. Well, that number fell from 50 and 52% down to 39% last year. And uh, it's dumbfounding to me when we need the Word of God more than ever, when we need the truth of God's Word, that we are not getting that. You know what? Psalm number 19 has some very interesting words to say here to us about this. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. You see, the fear of the Lord, that reverence, that respect, 
that reverential fear, that reverential respect of God to the place where you hate evil and you love God and you love God's truth. The fear of the Lord is clean, permanent, enduring forever. And then notice this, the judgments of the Lord, His Word, His truth are true and righteous altogether. Never is the judgments of God untrue. Never are they going to change. They're the truth forever and forever. And then he goes on to say, the psalmist David says, more to be desired are they than gold. The word of God, the judgments of God, this respect and honor and reverence to God, it's more to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold. And it's sweeter than honey out of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, as if this wasn't enough, he goes on to say in verse 11, by them, by the word of God, the judgments of God, the relationship with God, the reverence for God, by them is thy servant warned. We're warned by God's word. He guides us. And in keeping of them is great reward. Yes, keeping the word is great reward. I love this psalm because it reminds us how important the Word of God is to us. And the Word of God, and my reverence and respect for that Word, the honor of that Word. 21 million Americans stopped reading their Bible in COVID-19 when it hit. Ladies and gentlemen, we need more of the Word of God today than ever before. And I want to encourage you to encourage others to do everything possible to encourage the reading, the meditating, the honoring of God and His Word. Certainly, our schools need that. I was uh, surprised, uh, I guess I should say pleasantly surprised, that up there in the largest school district in Virginia, that would be the Fairfax County area, uh, they're relooking at a policy that was passed. That policy that was passed uh, back last year or even before that was going to make it an expellable offense if someone did not use, if a student did not use the pronoun that another student wanted them to use for them on that particular day as to their gender. And they were going to expel students for not uh, using the correct pronoun. Well, now they're going to look at that again since uh, things have changed in Virginia for the better. And they've got people who've got more common sense, people who have more biblical sense than they've had before. And they're going to look at this again and reevaluate this and decide what is correct. Well, we know the Bible tells us clearly, plainly, that we're made male and female. We know that. God's plan, that's the gender, male and female. Ladies and gentlemen, when you go from there, you find yourself opening up a Pandora's box, even now, to where some school districts in America have decided that they're putting litter boxes in the school's bathrooms so those students who, quote, identify their gender as a cat can use the litter box. Yes, I'm speaking correctly here. Some have identified themselves as dogs. Now, let's, let's go back here just a moment and take a look at something. Why on earth would they do that? I attribute that to how their own mind and conscience, can I say they have so been taken to the point where they hurt so bad 
and they feel so low. They feel so worthless that they don't want to be human anymore. They want to identify as an animal. And the reason for gender dysphoria really is the fact that folks think, I've got to change my body. I've got to change something because I'm so unhappy now. I I feel so alone. I feel so hopeless. I'm going to change to the other sex or I'm going to change to an animal. Uh, You know, and that's, that's where we're going. I really believe that the lack of God's Word and God's instruction in the hearts and minds of young people, the breakdown of the home, absolutely, the breakdown of the home, is destroying our young people. Then you have corporations out there that's trying their best to take your children out from you and away from you and your grandchildren, and uh, Disney's fighting that battle. And uh, actually, I think they've lost the battle, literally, Uh, As far as the state of Florida is concerned, I'm glad for them folks standing up. Other corporations now have learned the lesson because Disney's stock has dropped so tremendously. And also, not only that, but their ratings have tanked as well. Netflix had to lay off 150 employees this past week, and they changed their policy. They said, no longer are we going to criticize or censor others with different viewpoints. You can have whatever freedom of speech and freedom of viewpoints you want, and it won't bother us at Netflix. They're changing that, but they've already lost so many thousands of subscriptions. They've had to lay off employees. So we see Netflix waking up after Elon Musk said to them that woke-itis or woke virus is making them unwatchable. And also, Elon Musk has said that uh, he is going to change Twitter and he's going to change a lot of things there, make it back to where the freedom of speech and the freedom of religion is the cornerstones for a free society, which it is. Absolutely. Really, the former Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, said on a conference call that I had the privilege of joining back a year or two, a couple of years ago now, that uh, the freedom of religion was the cornerstone for all free societies anywhere in the world. And he is so correct. Well, Elon Musk is going to go back, and he's promised that he's going to do that with Twitter and all of his companies. And I think he's correct. You see, what we're seeing today is a denying of God's Word, going away from the Word of God, ladies and gentlemen. And when that happens, anything and everything is uh, is going to take its place. If you don't adhere to the rules of God's Word and the rule of God and the authority of God, or an idol will come in and replace the very Word of God. I think that's so very important for us to realize today. So let's don't be part of that number of 21 million who've stopped reading our Bible. Let's be one of those who read our Bibles on a regular basis and practice the Word of God. That's where our faith lies in what God says, how very important that is. Speaking of faith here, I'm reminded of something, a great illustration in history of what is faith. Back in the days when Napoleon was emperor of France and he was giving an inspection of his troops right out there uh, in the middle of Paris. Boy, everybody in Paris was so excited because here comes the great emperor and he is inspecting the troops there. And as he uh, rides that beautiful stallion down 
uh, inspecting the troops, rides the horse down through there. Suddenly, accidentally, Emperor Napoleon dropped the reins and the horse bolted out of control. Uh, one of those lowly privates who was standing at attention saw what had happened, and he bolted from his rank and ran in there and grabbed the reins and handed them back to the emperor and uh, actually saved the day. And when he handed the emperor the reins, the emperor Napoleon said to him, Thank you, captain, elevating him from private to captain. Well, when that happened... This young soldier left the column he was standing in and went over where other officers were standing. And when one of those generals said to him, What are you doing here? He said, Sir, I'm a captain. He said, Who told you you were a captain? He said, The emperor said, I'm a captain. And the general had to respond if that's what the emperor said, then that's what you are. This man simply believed what the emperor Napoleon had to say. Can I say, why don't you and I simply believe what the king of kings, the lord of lords, the mighty creator, the only true and living God says, why should we not believe exactly every word he has said and practice that word? God help us to do so. Hey, our co-host, co-pastor Josh, is coming now at this time to share some great information with you. Thank you, Pastor Brad, and thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. If you're on a radio audience and you're just tuning in, you are listening to Answers from Antioch, brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. We also welcome in those of you who are listening through our new podcast platform, and we are so glad that you are there. And if you're in a radio audience, let me remind you that we do have that podcast platform available. You can go to our church website, AntiochBristol.com. On the home page, you will find a green button that says Answers from Antioch Podcast. You can click on that. It'll take you to the dedicated page where you can listen to all of our past episodes since we launched that. And you can download those. Uh, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever service you use, and find Answers from Antioch there so that you never miss another minute. We have a 10-minute program Monday through Friday. And then, of course, this 30-minute program every Sunday that you are listening to right now. So starting tomorrow... I'm beginning a series on creation and evolution on our 10-minute program, and it's going to run Monday through Friday, and we'll wrap it up next Sunday right here on this program. And I want to introduce a little bit about it, and starting tomorrow, we really get into the introduction, and the discussion will follow after that. And mainly what we want to examine and what we'll be talking about over the coming week is looking at creation and evolution and then examining the scientific facts to see which view lines up better with the scientific facts. Now, we want to look at the bare bones facts. You see, science 
involves a level of interpretation. And this is always fascinating to me because a scientist, from one perspective, can look at the raw data and interpret it one way. For instance, when it comes to fossils and the fossil record and things like that, they try to carbon date. I remember this famous example. It's it's almost humorous. But when Mount St. Helens erupted in Washington State several years ago, they found a Nike tennis shoe that was buried in the lava, and the lava had formed a massive rock around this Nike tennis shoe. And they carbon dated that, and the interpretation of the data was that it was thousands upon thousands of years old. And obviously, Nike is a recent company, only been around for 50-plus years now. And so we see that there's a level of interpretation based on your worldview that comes into a lot of these things. And so as we look over the next few days at this important debate— We want to see what do the facts bear out and what are the scientific facts. We're going to be looking at beginning. Did the universe and life have a beginning? And if it did have a beginning, how did it begin? And can we even ask it this way, who began it? And we're going to be looking at that as well as the design. Is there design in the life and universe that we see around us? Or is it just a collection of a natural process? And just to give you a for instance, we, I believe, know instinctively the difference between a natural cause and an intelligent cause. If you're walking on the beach and you see a sand dune, you can obviously attribute that to nature, Of course, it could be man-made, but nature can create that as well. The, The waves, the tide, the wind, the shiftings, things like that, they can all impact these sand dunes. And if you're strolling along the same stretch of beach and you happen upon a beautiful sand castle, would you automatically assume, look at what the waves and the tides and the wind and the rain, and the cloud cover, and the temperature change just naturally formed this magnificent sand castle right here on the beach. No, we would know that there is an intelligent being who formed that and had a purpose in mind behind that. And so I believe that instinctively we can see evidence of design, and evidence of intelligent beings working with different things. Now, that's not the only illustration, and we're going to get into that a little bit more as we unfold during the week. But here today, I just want to help us to understand the importance of this issue. It's not just so that we can be armchair scientists and armchair theologians and ponder these magnificent thoughts as magnificent as they are to ponder, but this really hits at what we focus the majority of our time on in our program, and that is the worldview issue. And so that's where I want to direct the rest of our conversation today, is towards the area of worldview. 
And if you believe that we are just the product of this stuff of this world, we are stardust, or uh, as Carl Sagan famously said decades ago, we are star stuff. We're just created uh, by these remnants left over and just developed into what we are today by chance and time and pressure and energy and the right chemical combinations just bounced around and, and through happenstance and chemical reactions and, and science, we were formed. And now we're able to communicate and to walk and to talk and to think and to ponder and to reason and to breathe. And our heart will beat and our nervous system can reach and feel and touch and all the rest of the other systems that we have. It is all developed slowly through successive changes over time. Now, if you live in that kind of worldview, what is the meaning to life? You see, we're attempting to answer the question of origin, but it also bleeds over into the other big questions of life. What is the meaning to life? What gives meaning to life if I'm just a product of the stuff of this world, if I'm just a material being that has no real purpose, what is the meaning to life? What is the meaning to suffering? What comes after this life? If there is no God or no purposive force that is acting in this world and upon this world, why shouldn't I just give up when times get tough? Why shouldn't I just live a selfish life? Why shouldn't I worship myself? and do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, why shouldn't I be the center of my world? Now, some may say, I object, I object. Just because you believe in evolution doesn't make you a moral monster. No, I agree, it does not. But on what basis do you place your morality? And that's the heart of the question. How can you defend morality without a being who gives morality to us, that is inherent in us. And we can get into this very deeply, but let me just scratch the surface and simply say, how do we know that killing is wrong? Why should killing be wrong? Why should it be wrong for me to murder somebody if I desire to murder them, if it would make me feel better to murder somebody? Why should I stop myself from the urges that I am having and from the desires that I am having? Well, I think deep down we realize and we understand that to take a human life is very wrong. Would any of you agree that genocide is okay? Like what Adolf Hitler did, that that was okay? You know what? Hitler didn't break any laws. He changed the laws in Germany so that he could do whatever he wanted to do. And he wanted to kill millions of innocent Jewish people and others. And that's what he wanted to do to create a perfect Aryan race. And by the way, Adolf Hitler believed that he was helping evolutionary theory. He felt like he was helping the survival of the fittest and that the strong should dominate and the weak 
should be exterminated. This is Darwinian evolution applied to politics and social uh, outlook into this world that we live in, anthropology and all the rest. That's basically what Adolf Hitler was trying to fulfill, bringing about the perfection of the human race and the completion of evolution. And you see, how can we say that he was wrong to do that if there is no standard for what is right and what is wrong outside of ourselves? How could any of the Nazis been held guilty for what they did if they did not break the law? We understood at that time that there was a greater moral law that applies to all people in all places in all times. And they were held responsible for their atrocities that they committed based on the fact that there is a moral code that comes from God himself. I believe that God has written on the hearts of every person this moral code, the Ten Commandments. And we realize that it's written on our heart, not by how we act, but rather how we react when we are wronged. When somebody cheats you, you realize how wrong cheating is. When somebody lies to you, you realize how wrong lying is. Uh, When somebody dishonors you, you realize how wrong it is to dishonor somebody. And on and on we could go with the Ten Commandments. I believe that God has written this indelibly upon the hearts of all human beings. Now, we can suppress that. We can limit the impact that our conscience feels when it is pricked. And even from an early age, we can begin to dull and desensitize our conscience so that we do not feel that conviction any longer. And we can sort of get over that initial feeling. But in your mind, go back to when you were young and you felt that sting of guilt. And you remember when you felt so guilty, not because somebody made you feel guilty, but because you knew you did something that was inherently wrong. Or maybe somebody did something to you that you know is inherently wrong. Where do you get that sense of justice from? Does that not come from God himself? And so we're talking about this bigger worldview issue that bleeds out of our origin story and how that we came into being in the first place. And so how can you defend a standard of morality if there is no God to give that standard, and if each person can do whatever is right in their own eyes, how can you defend that stand? There would be no meaning to life, no ultimate purpose to life. Now, you may be able to find purpose in work and understand those things, but no real sense of purpose. What about the afterlife? If there is no God, if we're just a product of the stuff of this world, then what, what is the chances of there being any kind of afterlife or forgiveness or redemption or deliverance or any of these other things? You see, these implications of creation and evolution really have real-world implications, i.e. Adolf Hitler and others that were like him trying to apply Darwinian evolutionary theories to the world of politics and humanity in a way like never seen before. 
So I want to encourage you, join with us this week, Monday through Friday, for 10-minute segments. And we're going to start tomorrow, and each one will carry over into the next. And next Sunday, Lord willing, we will conclude that study right here on the podcast. Let me remind you one last time how you can find that. The easiest way is through our church's website, AntiochBristol.com. A green button on our homepage takes you to the Answers from Antioch podcasts and broadcasts where you can listen to all the current and past episodes. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and also on our church Facebook page. We try to post links to the audio of our Uh, broadcast each day when they come out. So thank you so much for being a part of our broadcast today. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at antiochbristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.